college can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcasts. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me. It's been about a week, I don't know, maybe longer. My fellow football priest, you know him, you love him. He's been dutifully chopping wood the whole time I've been gone. Zach Kelberman. Zach, dude, I've missed you, big dog. I've missed you. How have you been? Don't lie to me. You're in Hawaii. You ain't missing me, Chad. I hope you had a good vacation, though. Uh, Scott and I held it down pretty well, and I hope you're feeling better after last night's little snafu. Yeah, came home with a little stomach bug, but I was telling Michaela, who we're going to talk to here in a few minutes, uh, in the green room this, but my vacation was good. I loved it. Hawaii, we got a lot of great listeners and members of our community in Hawaii, but I could not wait to get back to work so that I could rest, and here I am. I'm back. It was that kind of a vacation, but Hawaii is cool. I wish I could have had more time to reach out and, uh, you know, it's not easy to get between the islands, right? And we went to uh, Honolulu and did the whole Waikiki thing and Pearl Harbor, and that was fun, but it's not easy to get to say where Kayaka lives or to, to get to where D-Dub lives and all that stuff. In a perfect world, I wish I would have had the time and opportunity, but not this time around. Did the post-vacation depression set in yet, or you're still working through that? Like I said, dude, I I was on my feet so much, I was just looking forward to get back to work so I could take a break, <laughs> so I could rest. You had depression from work then, not the vacation. Yeah, I, no, it's a real thing, dude. <laughs> you know, uh, it's a it's a it's a withdrawal of sorts. Yeah, but um, that was probably the most unplugged I've ever been since I started Mile High Huddle, and I was still plugged in, but I was checking in at like 10 p.m. Hawaii time, which is like 2 p.m., 2 a.m., pardon me, uh, mountain time. By then, everything on the day was done. You guys held it down. So it was a little bit um, unusual. It was a little bit uncomfortable for me being that disconnected. But you guys you kept the ball rolling, so I couldn't have been prouder and more appreciative. Glad to have you back, though. And I'm, I, as we can see here, I mean, so many people are welcome, welcoming you back, Chad. Um, so What's good? What's good? We got a lot uh, a lot of fish to fry. Uh, we're going to talk to Michaela. We've been looking forward to speaking with her. And she was originally scheduled, my bad, for last Wednesday. But when I realized, gosh, that's when I'm gone, I reached out to her and said, hey, can you do it Sunday? She said, yeah, no problem. Because I said, I don't want to miss that. And then, of course, I'm sick yesterday. Like literally sick. It wasn't one of those, oh, you're under the weather, just kind of grind through it. No, dude, I was like wrapped around a freaking toilet. And here she is. We're going to get her on screen here in just a second. But here she is showing, before we even went live, she's contributing to the content. And she's throwing down a massive super chat saying, just showing MHH family some love. Keep the lights on. Hashtag keep the lights on. Zach, she is the bomb. And what I guess, you know what, we, we can get to the issues at hand with Michaela. Let's bring Michaela Parker, a.k.a. the Duchess, into this conversation. Not her first time on the show. Won't be her last time on the show. Michaela, don't forget you're muted. What is going on? It's so great to see you. We got to chit-chat a little bit before we went live here, but welcome back to the Huddle Up Podcast. 
Hey, thank you, Chad and Zach and Scott. Thank you for having me on. Yes, I have been, as you know, looking forward to this. And you know what? We want to find out Michaela's thoughts and opinions on these key issues. And first things first, I don't know if you saw this, but Joe Ellis revealed on uh, today, Monday, the extent of the damage, that fire at the stadium. And he said there's no guarantee, Zach and Michaela, that it's going to be repaired and up and running and all that in time for the regular season. But I didn't quite realize it was it was that there was that much damage, Michaela. Yeah, I didn't think so either. All, all I knew it was uh, I was I read about it. It was just some welding accident. I didn't think it would have been that bad. Who do you think was the culprit, Michaela? Was it Josh McDaniels out there in Las Vegas? Was it Andy Reid in Kansas City? How did that even happen? I mean, let's be honest with these ourselves here. Well, I think it was Josh McDaniels paid off those contractors. <laughs> what surprised me? Little catching in the pockets. That dude surprised me. Straight diabolical. Well, let's get to some issues. So we haven't talked. I mean, obviously we've we've you've been contributing to the conversation every single night, but we haven't had a chance to talk to you one on one since a few of these massive off season moves have been made. And even though I scratched the surface on this topic with you before we went live, let's broach it in full. Your thoughts, your reaction, both to how you felt initially and then how you're feeling now to the Russell Wilson trade. I'm very ecstatic. I think we have the right quarterback for our coaching staff. They seems to uh, fly under the same wavelength. Uh, they seem to um, um, believe this, uh, on the same things, like on the why certain things, the why of uh, game plans. Yeah, the Broncos actually have game plans now, which is a big uh, step up from last year. I just love what Nathaniel Hackett's doing. But, Michaela, other than Russell Wilson, what what was your favorite move that George Payton's made this offseason, your favorite player addition or subtraction? I don't know. Randy I would Gregory. say probably Gregory because he has such a big <laughs> upside. He, if he stays clean and healthy – he can be a perennial pro bowler. I agree. From your lips to the football gods' ears, everyone's giving you massive props in the chat, including Sam Bam, who also threw in a very generous super chat. Appreciate that, Sam Bam. Hi, great, Sam. great to see you. Um, what about Nathaniel Hackett? You said it sounds like you're excited about Nathaniel Hackett, but... I was talking to somebody, in fact, while I was in Hawaii, I ran into somebody who, a listener of the show, it was really cool. I didn't know them, but they listened to the Huddle Up podcast. And uh, they said to me that they have one misgiving about Nathaniel Hackett. And I said, well, what's that? And they said, well, he just seems a little too kind of goofy. And I said, goofy, really? Said, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if he can be taken seriously. Can his players take him serious? Like, Stands up at a press conference to introduce Russell Wilson as the new starting quarterback, and he goes, holy SHI, you know, Russell Wilson, which I love. But what's your reaction to that kind of an opinion? I personally love his energy. I mean, coming from the old coaching staff we had where it was all, like, dry. And I think last year, pretty much, all the players seemed so defeated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big time. It's like, why should should I even bother, you know? Now, if uh, with Hackett, I have a feeling, even if, uh, you know, you run into roadblocks, he has the right personality to motiv motivate the players. There was that report that came out that by week 17, the Broncos were playing for themselves, not playing for Vic Fangio and the coaching staff. So it's going to change, I think, in 2022. But Albert has a question here that I wanted to also bounce off you, Michaela. I'm assuming Albert's saying, what else would you like to see Peyton get in terms of a player? What area of the roster? Right tackle, edge, cornerback. Where are you going, number one? Tight end? Definitely right tackle. Definitely. No questions about it. 
And it's uh, even if you go in the draft, uh, as I look at it, uh, this year is very uh, strong in pa uh, pass rushers, offensive linemen, even corners. So even in, at the end of the second round, sh you should be able to get a player that can contribute. Yeah, I uh, I was just taking a peek at the. It just occurred to me uh, we need to check out the uh, an update on the Facebook contest. We'll get to that here in a minute and the super chat. Um, but what about Billy Turner? You, you're worried about right tackle, but does that mean you're not too stoked on the Billy Turner edition? Because you know he can play anywhere inside, maybe not center. Mm -hmm. I I don't think he's ever really played center, but he can play guard. I mean, his most productive season as a Bronco he played left guard actually and then he went to Green Bay and became a right tackle but what was your take on the on the Turner signing I really like it I mean he might not be the best right tackle but the the strength of Billy Turner is his versatility yeah I don't I don't think he's a long-term option I'd still I like you Michaela I would go right tackle in, in uh, round two if I could or maybe even move up for one Billy Turner is a better guard than a tackle but uh, I definitely agree now I want to get your kind of a big picture 10,000 foot view observation on the Broncos based on the moves they've made Russell Wilson a quarterback Nathaniel Hackett as head coach etc cetera, etc cetera. what is your record prediction I know it's March 28th it's still a lot of time left until the season where do you see the Broncos finishing do they win the West? Tell us, Michaela. Ooh. You know, I might sound like a homer, but I think we're probably going to be 12 and 5, and we will win the West. I think uh, KC will take a step back. Yeah. I don't see how they can't. I mean, imagine all these years going against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, still a lot of talent that's been on that offense. I mean, you still got Kelsey and – you still got a lot of speed, but imagine how much easier it would have been on Vance Joseph, Vic Fangio, game planning for a Mahomes-led offense minus Tyreek Hill. I mean, a couple. I bet it would have translated to, and I'm just hedging very conservatively here, two or three wins if Tyreek Hill is not on this roster, uh, the Chiefs roster. So I don't see how it doesn't play a role. Plus, I mean, they've had a lot of different departures and. They're not the same team. They're always going to be in the dance. They're always going to be a part of the conversation. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and that combination with Andy Reid, they're a perennial force to be reckoned with. But I do. I agree with you, Michaela. I don't know about a record yet. I want to see what this freaking schedule actually looks like in terms of the order. We know who the opponents are going to be. But I want to see the order. I think this is the year the Broncos rest back control of the division. Mm -hmm. If anything, last season proved that Mahomes is beatable. Yep. He's mortal. Yeah, that he is. I don't think twelve and five is is a Homer prediction at all. I think it's actually super realistic. Homer would be like seventeen and zero, you know, or or twenty and zero for that matter. I think twelve and five is pretty accurate. And if the ball bounces a certain way, I mean, this is the same Broncos team that took Kansas City down to a Case Keenum, Demarius Thomas misfire. It was uh, what was the final? It was like uh, nineteen and nine game last year I think it was it was a close game relatively speaking if they just have that extra oomph on offense they can take down Kansas City and I think they will too yeah. and uh, you always if any team can beat another team it's all, all about the particular moments during a particular uh, game that can um, decide if you win or lose that's right who makes the plays in critical crunch time moments yeah, the first matchup, Zach, week 13 in Kansas City. It was Chiefs 22, Broncos 9. 22, the second right. one at home in the finale, a four-point loss, 28-24. Look at that. Um, yeah, Colton, Michaela in her glory, rocking the MHA chat. I mean, she is on point. She is on point. This is one of the reasons she has become uh, such a living legend here at MHH. But, Michaela, so I know you mentioned right tackle. I got one more for you, and then we're going to cut you loose for tonight. Yes, Mike. This is why Michaela is the Duchess of MHH. Woman power. Let's go. Uh, let's ride. Go Broncos. Yes, indeed, big dog. Um, sounds like you're hoping, you're thinking tackle, with because the first pick the Broncos now have in the draft is number 64, which is basically the end of the second round. There have been a lot of offensive tackles mocked 
to the Denver Broncos, including uh, that kid from Washington State, Abraham. Uh, oh gosh, I just I just forgot Lucas. his last name. Yes, thank you. Um, do you want to see the Broncos? Are you hoping it's a tackle there, or is there uh, anything else you want to see the Broncos do to really kind of build the nest around Russ? I think our biggest need is right tackle. I mean, we have a bunch of plug-and-play uh, uh, band-aid type of players that, I mean, will do okay, but, you know, we need to address right tackle once and for all. Amen. Well, hey, Michaela, you got in the room. You met me early. In fact, you were the first one in the room. This She is on point. I don't know how long you were in the room. Were you waiting on? Because I got there right probably at five fifty. Probably not even two minutes. See, she she's like uh, Tom Coughlin. She comes if you're not five minutes early, you're late. That's Michaela. <laughs> She'll keep you on point. But thank you so much for giving us some of your time, and thank you for all that you do for us. Indeed, your hashtag helping to keep the lights on. You know we love you. You know we appreciate you. Thanks for making time for us, and we'll talk to you very very soon. Thank you for having me and go Broncos. <laughs> thank you, Michaela. Amen. The, the Duchess for a reason. And once again, thank you so much for your generosity and, and what you do every single day for the podcast, all the podcasts. It's uh, we are grateful beyond words. You are the Duchess for a reason. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, fellas. Give our best to Mr. Parker. We'll talk to you soon. Also follow her on Twitter is, uh, Oh man, I just had it. Where to go. It's, uh, at M-I-C-P, so at MICP123. Pretty easy, Michaela Parker. Uh, Stu Meat, thank you for that super sticker, Big Dog. Really do appreciate it. Andrew Lampy jumping in with some stars. Yeah, let me do an update on that real quick, guys. Here's where things – I'm a little nervous here. I'm a little nervous. All right, we're trying to reach 250,000 stars on Facebook in the month of March. If we hit that goal, we're raffling off a Russell Wilson jersey or – a Broncos jersey of the winners choosing the only people in the running as you guys know for that contest are those who helped contribute to the goal and here we are we got we're on day 28 so we got 29 30 31 we got three days left to bridge a 24 uh, percent gap it can be done I've seen us do it before but that's where things stand as far as Facebook and here in just a few minutes we will update also the super chat rankings because we do a similar contest each and every week or month, I should say uh, on YouTube for our super chat superstars. And yes, we got the Holy diver making uh, recommendations about zinc and chicken noodle soup. And, you know, uh, appreciate that, Mike. Holy diver. You can see his stripes, but you know, he's clean, right? Dio baby. RIP Ronnie James Dio. Claude. What's good. Big dog. Um, Christian De Jesus in the house from enemy territory, Las Vegas. He says, I feel like Russ has become the TJ Detweiler of the franchise. TJ is from the Disney show recess. <laughs> Thank you. Cause I wouldn't have known what the Sam Hill you were talking about. I still don't really know Zach. I don't have the context of what TJ Detweiler is in this Disney show recess, but I'm stoked on it. I'm stoked. The more time I take to marinate Randy, what's good up in the great white North in Alaska. Appreciate you, big dog. Uh, big time stars throwing down like the legend, like the boss that he is. I mean, look at that profile pic, dude. Straddling a hog, right? Straddling some kind of Harley, freaking leather. I mean, this is boss mode, dude. Thank you, Randy. Great to see you, by the way. Hope everything's good on your end. Thank you, Randy. Uh, Naj as well, jumping in. What's good, bro? Naj, we're going to have you on the show soon, right? Let me see. Let me remind myself when we got you booked, big dog, next week, right? Yeah, next week, one week. Well, not this coming Wednesday. Wait a minute. It's this Wednesday. This Wednesday. Hello. We'll see it. That's going to be fun, dude. Naj is a shot of life, let me tell you. He says, hey, brother, so fired up for this season. Nice to see Michaela. You brother's going to do another meetup next season. It'll be great to see the crew again. Stay well, my bros, and go Broncos. Yes, we are. We will be doing more stuff like that uh, once the football season is rolling. Once we have the schedule, we'll actually plan some stuff well in advance so everybody knows. Uh, when to, uh, you know, descend on the Mile High City. And then we have some plans still for the draft. We're waiting on a couple of things to fully announce it, but we still plan on doing a meet and greet for those of you who want to come see what's up at the draft. Zach and I are going to be at the draft covering the draft. And so we're thinking, hey, let's have a night where we uh, rent a uh, conference room at the Bellagio 
and let everyone come in and hang out. We'll do a live podcast, meet and greet. It'll be fun. So that's the plan for now. And then we're also doing, you know, at least two this time, this season. We're doing two meet and greets at the stadium again because that was just tons of fun. Don't come for us, guys. Come for this guy right here. If you want to run through a brick wall, Naj is your man. What One of the most high-energy – Nathaniel Hackett's spawn is Naj Altaf. So definitely appreciate you as always, Bro, and we look forward to meeting you. Who again. would get more out of the defensive line, Bill Kalar or Naj Altaf? Naj, honestly, yeah. It, it was a rhetorical question. Naj is – I'm telling you guys, shot of life. Can't wait to chat with you in a couple days, dude. We'll see you soon, big dog. Appreciate you. Um, seven two seven mil. What's up, dude? He says we need Wagner, Bobby Wagner, for a one-year, fourteen million dollar deal. Well, you know what? Broncos have about sixteen million, according to uh, over the cap. Bob Morris had a nice little piece on this today at milehandle.com. Go read it. Um, which also revealed some of the cap hits of these big, not some of every acquisition so far this offseason. Bob has it listed in that article what their cap hit is. Which Zach, to some of the points I've heard you make, only speaks to George Payton's wizardry because some of the cap hits, man, like Randy Gregory's cap hit is freaking ridiculous. So as long as he's on the field, it's going to be ridiculous. Go read that. But Zach, you got 16 million left in the tank. You still need to have about 10 million to sign your draft class. You want to go spend a good chunk of that on Bobby Wagner? I mean, I would, but you also have to have a rainy day fund, the Evan Mathis fund, as as it were, Chad. You have to have some money set aside. You're going to have to re-sign Russell Wilson to a major contract at some point, so you can't exhaust the entire salary cap in, in one player. Bobby Wagner would be a nice luxury addition, but a luxury at that. They have Josie Jewell. I hope Aaron Browning plays inside, but they signed Alex Singleton as well. I don't know that uh, Wagner's price point coalesces with the Broncos or anyone else's. I think he wants to go to the Rams, honestly, but the Rams will want to pay him $14 million for one year. If I were them, I would. F yeah. the salary cap from the Rams. For the Broncos, not so F the salary cap. Just want to give a shout-out to Big Earn. Good to see you, Earn. Appreciate you, my dog. And this is a ride-or-die member of our community as well. If I'm not mistaken, somewhere in Southern California, Broncos country is not a geographic location, y'all. It is a state of being. Appreciate you, Big Earn. Um, Zach, we got to, uh, we got a lot of, uh, super chats and topics and questions on people's mind that we're going to get to. Uh, but first we got to grab Nash number five here. All right. We're going Roman numerals on Nash he says, I hope this division is ready to get smacked harder than Chris Rock was last night. Denver Broncos for life. Zach question real or staged Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. There's actually a slow-mo video somewhere on Twitter where it shows as Will Smith is going to slap. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud on a Broncos podcast. He's going to slap Chris Rock, and Chris, as soon as he sees it, he kind of pulls back and braces for it. So I still think it was staged. People are saying it's real. I think it was embarrassing all the way around, quite frankly. But anything for the ratings, right? Hey, man, people in droves have been turning off the Oscars over the last decade. It's just... I mean, I even remember as a young man, like college age, even myself, oh, the Oscars are on, let's watch this. Because back then, everybody was watching, Zach, the same movies, right? Everyone would go to see their the movies in the theaters, and then they'd go to you know Blockbuster and Hollywood and rent the same DVDs and whatnot. Now, people don't watch movies in the same way, and it's such, with streaming and all that on-demand stuff, it's just a different thing. Plus, the Oscars have become, I'm sorry to say, a very boring uh, sanctimonious affair. They needed to get people's attention back. That was a good way to do it if you're a producer or a shot caller and you got two guys that are on board. 2014, I think they averaged 40 million viewers. In, in uh, 2021, I think it was 10 million. They had to do something. And to Sam Bam's point, can you fake tears? Yeah, that's, it's called acting. They do both yeah, those things quite well. These dudes are pros at that, man. I mean, that's how they collect their dollar-dollar bills every day. And Will Smith... That dude <clears throat> can turn on the tears on a whim. He can't, I mean, they're trained actors to do that. It's not easy. Some people are more uh, naturally have the disposition to be able to do some of that stuff, but these guys train just like a, just like a, you know, player trains for their profession. These guys do too. So I don't, I don't even trip on that. Some of the memes were good though. I, I saw oh, one where it was like hand cocked for Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and then the ones about uh, August Alcina. I don't know how many people follow that uh, little 
love affair that Jada had with rappers and all the, this is so I feel like we're an E podcast yeah. right now. So we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll, dip we'll, elsewhere. we'll turn the page, uh, and give our shout out as well to, uh, where'd he go to Marcus Lewis, Hannah across the pond. Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, Sam Bam also, w- did we read this? Cause we brought up RT. Mm-mm. Okay. So this is number two for Sam Bam. He's a freaking bad. A. Thank you, Sam. He's, a, he's a bad a, Love you, bro. He says, great job, Michaela. I was going to ask what, in your opinion, is the plan for right tackle? Maybe have Turner start, then draft and develop a right tackle. Have him learn on the bench and start in 23, or maybe by midseason, go Broncos. I think the Broncos, Zach, for 2021, they have their tackle they plan on starting, and that's Billy Turner. They got a couple of guys uh, in Tom Compton and Calvin Anderson, not to mention Quinn Bailey, who's a very nice utility guy to bring on and off with the new practice squad rules for game day and whatnot. I think their plan for who they're starting at right tackle is already on the roster. They're going to draft one. They need a more higher upside, more polished kind of option to develop because it's only a one-year deal for Billy. But I don't think they're desperate. I think that's what the Billy Turner edition was all about. And according to him, Zach, Nathaniel Hackett's one of his best homeboys. They're like this. So – We'll see. Yeah, Hackett, you know, he even said it word for word. He loves Billy Turner. Work with him in Green Bay. And Turner, like like Michaela said, he has versatility. He can play guard on both sides. He can play tackle. That's a nice player to have. I just don't think that's a franchise right tackle if one exists. I don't think it's a long-term right tackle. The Broncos are doing at that position what they've done every single year, whether it's been Bobby Massey, Donald Stevenson, Menelik Watson, Jared Veldier, Juwan James. I'm going down and down and down the list. They always have these uh, holdovers, these one-year band-aids. Like quarterback, though, they have to solve that and get a long-term option at right tackle. That's why, even though you have Turner, you have Compton, you have Anderson, I'm still, if I can, if I feel the gumption, I'm drafting a tackle at 64 somewhere in the second, third round latest. You have to add a blue-chip player at that position. I'm totally down for it being a tackle at 64, and there are going to be some good prospects right in that neighborhood, I think, that will still be there for the taking, although it wouldn't surprise me to see George Payton. I know, Zach, I don't know if you've published it yet, but you're working on a piece with him talking about, hey, let me remind everybody, or I've got the ammo to trade back into the first if I want to. Yeah, I mean, they. It, this is how amazing to me that George Payton is as a general manager. He traded for Russell freaking Wilson, and he still has eight, count them, eight draft picks in this year's draft. That's just great maneuvering, and like he says, he's, there's a lot of great depth. I think he's going to keep his picks in rounds three, four, five, and so on, but in round two, they might move up. Either earlier in the second round, they might even make an appearance that Thursday, Chad, in round one. He's keeping that option open as well. You never know with GP. He's always going to surprise you. Andrew, appreciate you, bro. Yep, I uh, am definitely stoked to be back. He said, hope you had a great vacation. Shout out to Zach and Scott. and The the Zach and Scott show and the Duchess. Yes, indeed. And also, shout out to Axel. Hope he's still recovering well and rocking and rolling on that end of things, big dog. Um has been in my family's thoughts and prayers. No lie. Mark, a newer name, Zach, on Super Chat. Welcome. Welcome. Appreciate you. Connect with us on Twitter because we want to keep the conversation going outside of these live streams. That's one way to do it. And we also like to shout out our Super Chat superstars after each and every live stream podcast. Mark says, for what it's worth, Russell Wilson is undefeated against Mahomes. I see the tides turning in our favor. Feels good. You know what? I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. There's that. So now the onus, Zach, apparently it's on Mahomes, not Wilson. Although, what takes more precedence, head-to-head quarterback records all time or a team owning a 13-game winning streak on a division opponent? Yeah, it's not exactly apples to apples. I think the streak's going to definitely end end this year. And like Scott and I talked about on last night's podcast, I would love for the Broncos – it's looking unlikely, but to draw Kansas City as the week one matchup, put that game in freaking prime time. Mahomes versus Russell Wilson, the the new uh, powerhouses, plural, in the AFC West. And I want a chance for Denver right off the bat to show the whole world, uh, the whole NFL nation, that the Broncos are for real and they're about to unseat Kansas City as the top dog in the West. If memory serves, 
when Peyton came to Denver, they made that the Thursday night game, right? Guys, I know, Zach, you weren't on the beat, so I'm, I'm saying this to Broncos country. Correct me if I'm wrong. Peyton Manning against the Pittsburgh Steelers, it was a hard-fought, unlikely win, but they got the win. And if you can remember that Demarius Thomas 80-yard screen to the house, which was a big sign of things to come, correct me if I'm wrong. But, Zach, if I'm right, the NFL already likes to think that way when it comes to scheduling. Big marquee quarterback, new team, marquee team. I mean, Broncos been down in the dumps lately, but they're still one of the winningest teams in NFL history. Would not surprise me to see them make that the debut game of 2022. I think, though, and what Peter King reported uh, earlier today is that it's, it may be the Rams versus the Broncos uh, opener, which you know, Super Bowl champs, Thursday night primetime, the Broncos, Matt Stafford versus Russell Wilson, uh, Evero facing his former team. I, I would like that matchup as well. There's also Seattle as a possibility, but man, give me Kansas City right off the bat and let me end that streak with authority. Christian is updating us on the whole Detweiler reference with a super chat. Appreciate that, buddy. He says that Detweiler was always known on the show Recess as the kid who was the glue that kept his gang of friends together. That's how I see Russ. Okay, yeah. He's definitely a sticky man. And I'm not talking about Tony Paul. Carter. Shout out. I'm talking about, you know, he's, uh, I think he gets people together. So that's good. Like you said there, Christian. Thank you for that clarity. Is it gee? Is it G? <laughs> is it nothing but a gee thing, baby? Or is it nothing but a G thing? I want to say it's G. It's got to be G. Thank you for the very generous super Thank chat, you. big dog. Correct us. All I need to know in the chat is if it's G, just put Dr. Dre in the chat and th then we'll know. Okay. He says, you think David Ajabo drops and is worthy of a third rounder? Welcome back, Chad. Appreciate it. If we get a right tackle at 64, where do we go with 75 and 96? Um, I don't think that Ajabo drops. Dramatic pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers. It makes you look really smart, even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Dude Shoes. Light, comfy, good to go to. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. That far. Do you? I think he does, yeah. I, really? I I forgot where I saw uh, some NFL talent evaluator predicted he'd fall between it was like sixty and eighty or forty and sixty. I mean, he has a chance to seriously fall to the third. So, if he does, hey man, someone's going to land him and say thank you, please, uh, to the football gods. But assuming it's a tackle at sixty four, what do we do? Seventy five, ninety six. I mean, look, the Broncos. You guys hear me do this a lot, where I I kind of clarify the the snooty. BPA, BPA, and remind everybody that, look, when it comes to the draft, sure, you want to take the best player available, but NFL teams are pragmatic, and more often than not, the best player available is whatever the best player available is at that position of need. The Broncos have actually, Zach, set them up, set themselves up so nicely with this offseason um, trade hall, free agent hall. George Payton could literally go straight true BPA and it's fine. Like he's going to be good off ball linebacker though, corner depth edge, um, tight end. I, 
I'd probably rank it edge after tackle because he's assuming, of course, a tackle at 64. So I'm going to say edge would be the next thing I'm looking at as far as priority. Yeah, I was going to say whatever position they don't fill at 64, they will go at 75 and 96. So you can, you know, it's all subjective as to what you think the Broncos should attack. But uh, like Chad mentioned, edge, inside linebacker, cornerback, safety, uh, maybe uh, tight end. Those are all positions of relative need for Denver. But also keep in mind, G, I'm going to call you G. I appreciate your uh, generosity, your generosity. They might not have pick 96 if they make a trade like George Payton saying. They might not have pick 75 if he's, they're going to make a trade like Payton saying. So keep that in mind as well. But if they do keep those picks, whoever they don't take at 64, they're going to hopefully address the other areas after that. Jeremy, thank you for the stars, my friend. He says, Payton looks genius for extending Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton last season. Good to see you back, chat. Thank you, buddy. Well, not only that, Zach, but... Both of them have accepted restructures to convert guarantees into roster bonuses or whatever, however that voodoo works to free up cap space. So, I mean, 4D chess, that's what George Payton's plan appears. They cleared up 12 and a half million bucks. It wasn't even, it was like $2. It was 12 and a half. That's a lot of salary cap space. And if he negotiated that into the contracts a year in advance, look at the foresight on George Payton, knowing he might have to pull that lever and he did so and uh, built it that way. And you know, honestly, kudos to Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick for willing to restructure their contract less than a year into it to help the team out. I wish, like I said on Twitter, forget 22 Janos, give me 22 Tim Patricks, 22 Cortland Suttons. They, they would win a lot of ball games with those players. Sam Bam says, with another super, number three tonight. Thank you, buddy. I have a gut feeling, no pun intended, Chad. We're going to get the Rams week one in the opener. Glad you're feeling better. Thank you, brother. Yeah, yeah. The gut thing. No fun for for uh, Uncle Chad the last two nights. Trust on that. Phil, great show, guys. Glad to see you back. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate all of you so much. Andrew saying, loving my boy uh, Shannon Sharp, I assume, saying I would have whipped Will's butt. And then even Andrew Lampy saying, well, why would they agree to it being staged if you're Chris Rock and Will Smith? Like, what's the upside? Um, they're actors, dude. I mean, they get they they make their money make believing. So, upside would be who knows. I mean, what kind of things could happen behind closed doors? You know, a few bucks, whatever. I don't know. Um, hey, you want us to still consider your movies in the Academy? You want to you know be in the running for best actor next time or whatever? Who knows? I and mean, this is like way left field. I don't want to really bog down the podcast because it's just fun talking about this stuff. But Will Smith. By the way, I'm watching actively right now. I'm about halfway through the movie he won the Oscar for, King Richard, about the um, Williams sisters and the dad, all that stuff. So far, it is very good. He's really good in it. But maybe that was uh, get taking home that trophy, Zach. Maybe that was his uh, what was in it for him. I, I just think it's wild that someone can go up on the Oscar stage, literally slap the presenter, sit down, curse them out, and they get back on stage 20 minutes later and accept an Oscar. It's a great country, man, but uh, I think the word you're looking for when it comes to why would they do that if it was staged, relevancy. They want to stay relevant. Mm -hmm. They want to stay in the public eye. They want their names to be on the, the front page news. It wouldn't surprise me. Regardless, though, it was it was uh, wild. I mean, if we were in a live room right now talking to you know almost 400 people that are actually in this room, and if I were to say, show of hands, how many of you even knew the Oscars was on last night? I would expect to see less than half the people in the room raise their hand. Uh, Laura jumping in, by the way. Let's let's get back to some Bronco talk here. She says on YouTube, I'm fairly new to MHH Podcasts. Welcome. I'm a longtime diehard Broncos fan. Love the show. And I'm out here in Rapid City, South Dakota. Keep up the great work, guys. Great job, Michaela. Laura, welcome. Appreciate that. Um, and also, Tabitha, thank you for the stars. Much love. You got me there. I didn't know what that meant. So you got your own autopilot today. RCSD. I'm, I'm just in the zone, dude. I'm in the zone. I've, I've missed the podcast. What can I say? Um, seven two seven mil with super number two as well. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Why do people sleep on KJ Hamler like he's no good? We're going to shock the world with all four wideouts and Albert O. These people really say we have no weapons. Cough, cough. Nick Wright. Yeah. Hot take artist that does not hold water. His hot takes do not hold water. But no, KJ, I think, guys, I mean, just go back and look at what kind of magic Russell Wilson was able to make with 
a receiver like Tyler Lockett. Now, the big difference I see potentially, okay, I knew it. I knew it. it nothing but a G thing, baby. Appreciate that, G Hill. Clarification. Now we know. Um, the big thing I wonder is if you go back and watch some of the old uh, Russ clips and best plays and whatnot on YouTube from his time in Seattle, you'll see a lot of those vertical shots to Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett doesn't, or rarely I should say, dropped passes. KJ Hamler, can he, is he going to be as reliable on those deep shots? Because that's the thing is, man, when the quarterback just drops it in the bucket like that vertically, like Russ can do, really it just comes down to you won, you created your separation, and that quarterback dropped it in the bucket. Can you hold on to it? That's the only thing I worry about for KJ. And if he can, dude, he is going to be a freaking force to be reckoned with. There's also his health, and that's the number one thing to me. Can he come back from the knee injury? And after Teddy Bridgewater, I'm going to troll you right now, Scott. After the hospital ball that Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> threw to KJ Hamler, I hope he comes back fully healthy because he can be a weapon. And Chad, Scott and I talked about this yesterday when Nathaniel Hackett uh, was asked at the owners' meetings uh, what his favorite play call for Russell Wilson is. He just blurted out, "Go ball." I mean, yeah. they're going to get, they're going to push the ball downfield. It's the anti Pat Shermer offense. And if KJ can stay healthy, he's the only one on the roster with legitimate deep speed, Deshaun Jackson type speed. Get the ball in his hands. Good things will happen. Amen. And by the way, Scott brings up a good point to kind of put a bow, tie a bow on the whole Oscars thing. He says, check out the ratings bump that it gets next year and then find out why the slap heard around the world happened. The Queen. We've got royalty times two on tonight's podcast. We've had the Duchess. Now we got the Queen. And by the way, we need to get the Queen back on the show yes. in the near. We got to get that yes. done, Christy. Reach out, just DM me, check your schedule. Let's see. Let's find a Wednesday in April that you can come on the show. Love you. Appreciate you. She says the OG duo back in the house. Good to catch you guys live. Good to be Thank here. You. Good to be here. And thanks for being with us, Christy. Love you, Christy. Thank you. Talk about OGs. She uh, she goes way, way back. She goes way, way back. Uh, Travis Weber, love you, big dog. He says, uh, tapped out on stars till tomorrow. Would have given Michaela megastars. All good, brother. Only, only you know, it's, hey, if you're in a position, you're in a position. If you're not, we're just glad to have you with us. And that's the honest to God truth. But let me tell you something, Travis. Since you and I are connected on Facebook, you got me, dog. I thought you'd been robbed at a gas pump, dude. I'm reading along this long Facebook post about how you got robbed at the gas pump. And then it all ended up being a punchline about Joe Biden and the price of gases. I'm like that gummit. I'm sitting here worried about Travis Weber's well-being, but it was a good joke. I, I mean, I got to say, so anyway, good to see you, big dog. Covering okay. Everything tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, indeed. Joe Biden, Will Smith. Let's get it. This is, uh, this is where we're at. I mean, it is the off season, so we probably shouldn't make too many apologies here. Um, okay. We're pretty well caught up. So let me get back to some of the topics here that uh, were discussed today and over the weekend at the NFL owners meetings, starting with, bear with me just one second here, gang, while I pull this up, I have my notes, but I got carried away chatting with Michaela before we went live. Um, first and foremost, Zach, George Payton, he uh, says that the Broncos, you know, we'd heard reports, even Kareem Jackson had said that, eh, I've been talking with the Broncos, it's still in the wind, it's still possible I could return, all this. Well, George Payton, on one hand, says, yeah, we've been talking with them, we'd love to bring them back, but unfortunately we can't bring everybody back. So he's talking about specifically Melvin Gordon and Kareem Jackson. I'm trying to close this ad, usually I can't, there we go. Um He's talking specifically about Melvin Gordon and Kareem. He says, we have, we've spoken to both their agents. It's ongoing. We'd love to bring everyone back, but we just can't do it. But we're still talking with those two really good players, close quote. First of all, is either of those a deal you want to see the Broncos make? And whether you want to see it or not, do you see one of those guys coming back? Yeah, that's the difference. Like what I want and what George Payton wants is probably two different things at this point because I don't think Melvin Gordon or Kareem Jackson should be brought back. You have younger players waiting to step up, Mike Boone and Caden Stearns, respectively, at running back and safety. I'd rather rock with them. If I had to take a guess, though, I would say that um, uh, Kareem comes back because that defense is really young. Uh, they have a really young coaching staff led by Evero. They need a veteran presence, a, a locker room leader, uh, the glue, like Josie Jewell is, they brought him back for a reason. I think Kareem can come back on a one-year deal. But running back, we talked about this yesterday extensively. 
Give those carries to Javante. Give the runoff carries to Mike Boone. Draft a running back on day three, and that's all you really need. Spend the money elsewhere. Yes, indeed. Um, I don't know. Is Javante the only doubt I have is, of course, the whole thing with Melvin starts and stops with at the right price. All right. So I'm not advocating for the Broncos to go repeat John one of John Elway's um, biggest late missteps and give Melvin Gordon $16 million. But if you can get him back for three, four, five at the most, that's probably too much. Four million bucks if you can get Melvin Gordon back here. The reason I might like that is as much as we love Javante and what we saw from him as a rookie, we don't yet know for sure how he's going to take to the wide zone. Uh, In fact, if you look at his tape and really study it, that doesn't seem to be his strong suit vision. He's a show me the hole and I'm going to plow through it and I'm going to truck dudes. That's what I do. Now he could end up taking to it like a duck to water, especially with the right coaching and all that stuff. So that's why I'm obviously I'm not ruling that out, but Melvin has succeeded in that scheme uh, at different stops in his NFL career. And I know he could come in and make, Hey, that's the biggest thing. Kareem. Hey, if you can get him back for, I mean, I don't know what he's seeking out there, but the NFL is probably communicating to him right now in an indirect way, exactly what he's worth now at what is 34. Uh, so he, if he wants to come back to Denver, he's going to have to take a significantly reduced salary. He's been making like 10 million a year in Denver, 11 million, something like that. I mean, he's probably looking at three, 4 million bucks. If you want to come back for the Broncos, the problem is with Gordon, he'll make the hay, then he'll fumble the hay. I mean, again, you're going to spend 4 million bucks on a running back. When you have an entrenched running back in Javante, you have Mike Boone, who you paid RB two money to last year. Let him get some carries. Let him eat. The only thing that, uh, would tend to, uh, push me to believe the Broncos are bringing back Gordon is what Hackett said today at the owners meetings in today's NFL. You need more than one capable running back because of injuries and wear and tear. That's why they might want him, but I just think they can spend the money elsewhere. By the way, so that I don't forget, here's the update gang on the super chat contest. Uh, this month, what we're, we don't have a goal. What we're doing on YouTube is the top five finishers on super chat. That's cumulative. All right. Those five names go into a hat. We draw one out. They, too, get a Broncos jersey, a.k.a. Russell Wilson jersey, of their choosing. And uh, here's the latest update. So the DWI guys, Ethan, across the pond, still in the pole position. The Duchess right there at two. D-Dub, Dale, from Paradise at number three. Pobby, who showed up on the morning show this morning to talk to Scott and Nick. Very great to see her back. By virtue of her very generous uh, contribution there, she's in the top five now. And then Jeremy, a.k.a. the Black Knight, 232. But look at this. G Hill, he's going to be moving up. So this, this is just outside the top five. G, Mark Langley, a.k.a. the God King from Georgia. Naj is in the running. Sam Bam's going to be moving up. Uh, John Clay eventing. Dave Millage has been climbing. Nash the Fifth will climb a little here. Kayak is up there. Uh, Bronco Sunrise climbed. Corey H., Nathan. So there's a good look at kind of the the rankings on Super Chat, and we've got three days left to go. Appreciate each and every one of you. We really, really do. Fonzie Um, right there in the middle. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh, Dave from Georgia, jumping in on the convo. Good to see you, Dave. Appreciate you, my friend. Indeed, let him hate. And let him hate. The T-shirt now takes on a whole new connotation, but really it's all under the same umbrella of people doubting Russ People doubting that number three in Denver. It's going to be fun. We're going to update the uh, Let Them Hate t-shirt. But word is the Haslam's are getting the cold shoulder at the NFL meetings. Your thoughts? Um, I don't know. I don't know. The cold shoulder, owners of the Browns. Zach, go ahead. Yeah, they're getting. There's been some grumbling, according to Peter King, at the owners' meetings about Cleveland's decision to send a package of picks and then pay – 250, 30, 250, 30, 230 million fully guaranteed, 250 overall to Deshaun Watson when he's facing 22 separate allegations of sexual misconduct. I think that's a uh, risky maneuver for an NFL franchise. And there's like Jim Tomei's wife is considering boycotting Browns games if they don't refund her season tickets. Like there's a lot of unhappy people out there, but I don't think the Haslam's care. They got their quarterback. They want to win football games, and that's all that matters to them. 
The NFL is still a production-based business, guys, yeah. even in the face of PR blowback. Um, it's, like I told you, as soon as that whole grand jury thing came back with we're, we're not going to press charges, there's not enough here, doesn't mean he was he's a perfect, innocent angel child and that it's all untrue. It just means that whatever evidence was submitted wasn't enough in the estimation of that grand jury to indict. And, Zach, let me tell you something from people I've talked to in the legal business Usually if it gets to a grand jury, I mean, it's only going to grand jury because they, the prosecutors know there's enough there to get the grand jury on board. So in this case, that must have been pretty thin would be my only interpretation of why it didn't end up moving forward. But that being the case, it's neither here nor there. Once that cleared, NFL teams saw that as, all right, we're in the clear. You know, he's good to go. He's no longer radioactive. The PR blowback will last exactly as long as, you know, the month of March for the most part. And then once Browns fans and people in Cleveland, this is, this is not me uh, celebrating this. I'm just telling you like, Hey, the sky's blue. This is just me telling you the way it is. Once he's out there and the, the Browns are uh, a force to rec- be reckoned with in the AFC North and they're winning ball games, it's going to go away. Yeah. But if they don't, it's not. And it's going to get really, really, really bad. And let me just say one thing. I have two thoughts. I just don't really see how 22 different people can all make up the same lie. If it was one, two, three, I can get on board with it being collusion or whatever the buzzword is. Uh, But 22, that's a lot for me. My second thought is, God, am I happy. Deshaun Watson is not the Broncos problem. God, am I happy. Russell Wilson is the Broncos quarterback. Thank you, George. We're talking about two opposite sides of the coin, right? I mean, is there a more virtuous quarterback in the NFL than Russell Wilson? If there is, point me in that man's direction. And then conversely, right, uh, a more distasteful now. I don't know what other word to throw out there, but repugnant. uh, Just gross. Just a gross, gross uh, situation. All right. Andrew Baker, I have a few Hawks friends that are trying to bring me down. LOL. So what's the buzz on Russ? Being on the decline, I don't see it. Well, what they say is, um, look, the Seahawks missed the playoffs last year. Russ was not his typical prolific self. This is me giving you the the steel man for their argument, all right, the the strongest version. And that, you know, they haven't really sniffed anything serious since the vestiges of the Legion of Boom. So, you know, he's he's on the the decline. That's what the Seahawks are saying so that they can, you know, their fans, so that they can sleep at night. Guys, it doesn't happen. This year is so crazy. NFL teams do not trade franchise caliber quarterbacks, not just caliber, proven franchise quarterbacks still in their prime. And even in Russ's case, albeit tail end of their prime, it doesn't happen. And so you have to really go, Zach, to great length to convince yourself that it made sense, that it was the right move. And I think that's really what it comes down to, my friend, is that Seahawks fans are really trying to find the hole in the boat to justify their team's decision. And I think it's all going to uh, come out in the wash the way that we expect it to. Broncos, you're going to see their stock rise. You're going to see the Seahawks go down. And I want to see Drew Locke succeed there. I want to see Drew Locke go on to have some modicum of success because I like the kid and I've always felt like he had some upside. But let's not pretend that Drew Locke is even in the same realm, Zach. He's not in the same stadium as as Russell Wilson. So, And that's going to be made pretty apparent by, what, week four, if indeed Seattle um, rolls with Drew as the starter. Bro, Seahawks fans are so freaking salty over the Russell Wilson trade. They've been in my mentions now since the trade was uh, first announced, and I've gotten diabetes from how salty their tears are, Chad. It's been bad. They they just uh, they are going to badmouth the same player that they were hyping up two months ago. That was a legend in their eyes. And I look at it this way. If Peyton Manning would have left the Broncos after 2015, I think a lot of Broncos fans would have turned on him as well. It's part of being a sports fan. But my God, are Hawks fans salty over that deal? Um, I can't say I blame them. Now they're going from Russell Wilson to maybe Drew Locke or Baker Mayfield or Geno Smith, whoever they're going to be cooking with in 2022. But uh, I think Russell Wilson is going to show Pete Carroll, kind of like how Brady showed Belichick, like, listen, I don't have to play for you. I can actually be better without you, and I'm going to go prove just that. 
Uh, I see a question here from Don real quick. Davis saying on YouTube, is it true that we have nine picks? Peyton said we have nine picks and thank you for the well wishes, Don. Uh, it is good to be back. Here's what George Peyton said today. All right. If anything, we dig in more to the middle rounds, which I think it's going to be a strong draft in the middle rounds. Now I'm going to quote Zach. This is DenverBroncos.com. Broncos currently hold five picks between number 64 overall and 115 overall, including two picks in the third round. Uh, Peyton said the Broncos could add even more picks when the draft arrives, but he maintained that there's not any more pressure to hit on the team's mid-round selections because of the absence of a first-round pick. Quote, Peyton, you always want to hit on your picks no matter if you have nine or if you have ten. Last year we finished with ten, and I think we had nine that played for us. You love the picks. You always want to hit on them, but you know we're not going to hit on all of them. I want to say, Zach, it's eight. So I think he's missed. I could am – I, am I miscounting that? They had 10, they traded two this year, but they got one back. So it is nine. It is nine. I'm Regardless, they can do whatever they want. They can move down, they can stay put, or they can move back up. And this is something I told you off-camera, chat as well. I mean, don't count the Broncos out for day one of the draft. They could very well move into the back half of round one if they, if they love a guy enough. So Peyton is going to make a move. And I think him saying that is basically saying, I'd rather have quality over quantity. I'd rather get three guys I love over five guys I like. Phil McLaughlin, he says, with Singleton added, by the way, that's Alex Singleton, the linebacker, former two-time leading tackler of the Philadelphia Eagles. Am I getting that right? Mm-hmm. Am I remembering? I was so I was disconnected for a week now. So sometimes I'm like doubting my own knowledge here. Uh, the Broncos signed him one-year deal. Is Baron Browning moving to outside linebacker? I know he played that position some at Ohio State. What do you guys think? Well, according to, was it George now or – Nathaniel Hackett, one of the two said on the little side scrum at the owner's meeting that they believed Browning's best tape at Ohio State came as an edge. So uh, if that's kind of the institutional view of Baron Browning, then obviously you could see why they would want to try him there, and especially where they're lacking depth because Stephen Weatherly's still in the wind. You've got Randy Gregory. You've got Bradley Chubb. You've got Malik Reed. And I guess you got Jonathan Cooper, last year seventh-round pick. So Cooper could grow and give you some upside heretofore unseen, but you need one more reliable guy. And Cooper hasn't quite proven that in terms of production. I'm talking about getting to the queue and taking him to the, to the turf. So I could see it happening, but I think initially it's going to be Browning. It's going to be Josie, but they're going to see how well he might take to Russian off the edge and then make a decision. I don't mind experimenting with Browning as an occasional edge rusher, but full-time I think is a bum move. Uh, when you just gave Gregory, as you mentioned, $70 million, you just uh, brought back Bradley Chubb for $14 million, you tendered Malik Reed as an RFA, you have Cooper, you're actually pretty well set at outside linebacker, but you're not that well set at inside linebacker. Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton are the same player. They are good two-down run stuffers. I guess they're good uh, locker room guys, but Baron Browning has that that extra gear that they don't have. He's better in coverage. He's more dynamic. He's more athletic. I would even take Kenny Young at inside linebacker, just someone that can run sideline to sideline, and Baron Browning is that guy. I think putting him at OLB full-time is the wrong move. It's smack Chad of Demarcus Walker. I don't want to go through that again. I agree. That scared me off forever. And until I see someone get cross-trained on the defensive side, like truly a different position. It's one thing to go from a tackle to be in an offensive guard and or center to a guard or whatever. But seeing a college defensive end go to, you know, what was it? He went from basically being a defensive tackle, basically being a three-tech at Florida State to, hey, stand up in a two-point linebacker, become yeah. an outside linebacker. Um, then, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Yes, Rob, by the way, thank you for that super chat. When is the MHH mock draft roundtable? Traditionally, we do that the week of the draft. So that's what we'll do. It'll be, oh, and I just got a tip here from a source. Hold on. Let me verify authenticity. It turns out there is a witness that says right after the first tendrils of smoke were rising from the stadium, someone saw a dude in a Seahawks jersey driving away in a hurry. Was he chewing gum? I don't know. Might might have been so <laughs> FYI, but Rob, look forward to that big dog. It'll be the week of the draft, and then we'll do what we what we do. We'll hang out on the first round. We'll go, even though the Broncos aren't in it, 
or maybe they'll trade in. We'll see, but we'll hang out for round one. Talk it out. We'll hang out for day two. Talk it out. And day three, it'll be a guess. Can't wait. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Favorite pods of the year is the round table. So looking forward to that. But Zach, we're almost to an hour. So we got a rapid yeah. fire and grab here. Um, G jumping in again. Thank you. I bring Lindsay back over Gordon, Philip Lindsay. He says, uh, let me start again. I bring Philip Lindsay back over Melvin Gordon fumbles too much and Kareem because I'd rather have a player who can create turnover. So he's saying, Hey, if we're talking about bringing back Broncos, let's bring back Philip Lindsay and Kareem Jackson, but say no to Melvin Gordon's act. You know, who's never fumbled in his career. Now, that would be Philip Lindsay. I mean, there's something really to like about his game. I think that bridge is too badly burnt, though. Uh, Lindsay was sent packing by George Payton, and uh, there's a reason why they brought in Mike Boone. So I'm cool with not getting either player back. I'm cool with rolling with Javante and Mike Boone, adding a running back on day three. That should be playing in an offense that has Russell Wilson at quarterback and the receiving weapons they have. I think that's plenty good in the backfield. Chad Beach, shout out. Appreciate you for the stars, my friend. Really do. Also, uh, Albert Knopper's in the house. Let me click on him here. Albert was a sweetheart. He is a sweetheart. You guys know this. We've had him on the show three times because he was with us at the stadium, Zach. Was very kind. Uh, Pre-show, when we had him on a couple weeks ago, he was telling me about this einkorn uh, wheat that he was growing and that he made and all this. I'm like, really cool. He's like, I'll send you some. I'm like, dope. Got back from my trip to Hawaii and there's this big old package on my doorstep unload it. And it's this massive vacuum sealed bag of einkorn. That's E I N K O R N wheat. Google it guys. It is the dopest of the dope. And especially if like you have a gluten intolerance, things like that. So anyway, Albert shout out. Love you. Appreciate you, Brad. Appreciate you as well. My friend, um, Mike S yes, indeed. Michaela, with yet another legendary appearance on the Huddle Up podcast. We love her. She's a legend. Uh, Dave says, I'm rewinding later to watch the Duchess. LOL. Sorry I missed you. Cheers. Very sweet. Very sweet. But guys, been great to come back. I've missed you, each and every one of you. Thanks for the big, fat welcome uh, back. And we'll see you Wednesday night with Naj. Naj Altaf. So we're going to have back-to-back Huddle Up episodes anyway with the Superstar segment. Uh, yeah, appreciate Michaela once more coming on. She killed it tonight. And be be sure, guys, until we see you guys on Wednesday night, same time, same place, follow us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at MileHuddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow our producer, Scott, at Scout Kennedy and holler at him to get a <laughs> HuddleUpPod mug because he doesn't listen to me. And Facebook.com slash MileHuddlePod. Like that page. Follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if you can't do those things, please do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like y'all. Yes, indeed. And we appreciate each and every one of you. Before we get out of here, I just got to, I mean, Zach just called it out, but hey, guys, go check out the merch store. Look at all this swag you can get. All right, we got face masks, we got hoodies, we got t shirts, we got mugs. Pick your favorite podcast. Uh, we got a little something, something for everybody. And if I were to go through this, I'm not going to, because um, it's a little bit cringe for, for me to go through the entire catalog here. But we even got onesies for little baby children's. All right. <laughs> Literally Look at everything. This. Look at this. All right. We're representing for the peeps. All right. So uh, huddleuppod.com. It's easy, easy to remember. Shout out to these great supporters tonight on Facebook. Randy in Alaska finishes on top. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Tabitha, Phil McLaughlin, Andrew Baker, Andrew Lampy. Chad Beach, Mike Reno, Claude Riley, Brad Murdoch, Marcus Lewis Henna from across the pond, and Jeremy Kusich, plus our great Super Chat superstars on YouTube, uh, starting with the Duchess. We love you. We appreciate you, Michaela. Sam Bam, Stu Meat, Christian, Naj, 727Mil, Nash the Fifth, Mark, a newcomer. Don't forget to connect on Twitter, Big Dog. Um, G, the Queen, Dave from Georgia, Rob. Much love and respect to each and every one of you. And uh, we'll see you Wednesday night. It's going to be fun. Great to have you back, partner. Uh, thank you for all for tuning in with us tonight. We'll see you guys Wednesday night. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. 
You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.